Hey, welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's your host, Brandon Laws. This episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium at zeniumhr.com. Today, I have a conversation with Chris Grossman. He's the CEO and co-founder of Beekeeper. And in this episode, we are discussing digital transformation of the frontline worker who make up a significant portion of the global workforce. So we talk about how organizations can really develop a competitive advantage by transforming their frontline workers through technology that will connect them more to the organization. It'll be easier to manage and supervise people, engage them, and so much more. And it's just such a fascinating discussion. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, any of those places. I would love to connect with you. Have a great day and enjoy the episode with Chris Grossman. Hey, Chris. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's so good to have you. Brandon, how are you? Thank you very much for having me here. I'm fantastic. And you wrote an interesting book. It's called The Rise of the Frontline Worker, How to Turn Your Frontline Workforce into Your Biggest Competitive Advantage. So I thought we'd just start with what are frontline workers from your perspective? And has there been a reemergence of this type of worker, especially during the pandemic time? Yes, for sure. So frontline workers are for us everybody who doesn't work behind a computer. So typically people working behind the counter, in a construction site, in a healthcare institution, they're typically called under different names. So anything from blue-collar workers, hourly waged workers, or staff in a hotel, associates. So really everybody that doesn't fit within the classical desktop worker type of picture of somebody sitting behind a PC or a laptop, those are the what we call the frontline workers that make pretty much 80% of all of the global workforce. So they are wow. much more present than what we would think. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the interesting piece. I read that in your book, the stat about 80% of the workers are frontline and 20% are desk. And it, for me, I guess it's just my vantage point, but I would have thought the numbers would have been a little bit more even, but 80%, that's a giant number. Yes, yes, it is. It is. So pretty much you can think for everybody like you and me sitting behind a PC, there are at least three to four people out there in the world doing something with their hands, standing on their feet in front of a customer and doing that type of frontline work that they're doing. So for the last year or so with with the pandemic, I think you know a lot of the desk workers are probably able to work from home. Frontline workers, not so much. They're probably still going into whatever work site or workplace that they need to go to. Has there been like a, a divide in terms of whether it's communication or level of engagement between these types of workers? I'm just curious what your perspective is. Yes, for sure. So as you correctly point out, the whole technological outfit for one and the other segment of the workforce is incredibly different. And to give you a sense of it, for example, uh, dollars from investors going into one and the other segment are split. 99% go into desktop type of applications and only 1% of all the venture capital goes into deskless or 
frontline worker type of solutions. Mm. So already there, a lot of the disparity, a lot of the innovation, and a lot of the digitalization really starts. So it's not uncommon for frontline workers to be working still nowadays with pen and paper, with checklists and and all of that kind of stuff that for us, it's literally unthinkable. And as you correctly pointed out during the pandemic, these differences became even more evident. I would say those are the weak spots of the whole system that got under even more stress once the pandemic hit. And that's exactly where we saw many of the failures in the systems, right? So think about if you're a hotel and you have to close down and furlough your employees and send them home, how do you even call them back once you want to reopen or you have an update from them? If they don't have an email address from the company, if all you have are maybe their mobile phones, so you have to call like one by one your 150, 200 employees. So Everything from communication to collaboration to the way they work together is literally pretty close to the stone age uh, of what we had decades ago, pen and paper. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I mean, even within the workforce, what I think of is like, okay, let's say um, the leaders of an organization needed to communicate something out to all the workforce where let's say the 20% of the people within the workforce or they're working at their desk so they could receive an email or a memo. And then the, the other, the frontline workers who might be on the, the shop floor or assembly line or doing whatever, how do they even receive that communication? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it seems like there's a huge disconnect and experience amongst what would be the same group of employees. Totally, totally. You're, you're right. The difference is so, so big. And um, I mean, the, the type of ways that they used to communicate, for example, during the pandemic with the frontline workers is either oral communication, bulletin boards, putting the paper on the bulletin boards, uh, relaying on almost like a telephone game where I tell you something and then you're, you're supposed to tell that to two more people. So it's, it's really that type of medium that we're still seeing nowadays when it comes to frontline workers that are completely non-digitalized. It's interesting because with last five years, there's been such a digital transformation. I mean, there's the amount of applications that are at the tip of our fingers. I mean, even during this pandemic for desk workers, I mean, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these amazing tools that allow us to work efficiently and connect digitally. Is this happening with frontline workers? I would imagine that the technologies there, are organizations able to streamline this from your perspective? Yes, definitely. And we're starting to see it more and more. Actually, we saw an incredible acceleration during the pandemic. But I would say the topic of digitalizing and digitally transforming the frontline is a very particular type of transformation, right? That an organization has to go through. It's not a walk in the park and it's probably not as easy as saying, hey, I need to swipe the card here and buy a tool and then everybody has access to Zoom, for example. But it's something a little bit more refined that needs just some careful planning. It's not rocket science and we've been doing it for many years now and have a very good blueprint of what it takes. But it does require a certain approach and a conscious approach to it that it's really important. If you were to say that frontline workers could go through some sort of digital transformation, would the experience between that of the frontline workers and the you know office workers behind a PC, would they use the same type of application? Like in a perfect world, how do you envision this? Yes, for sure. So in the perfect world, it looks as follows. I think one thing that for the desktop world, it is very clear and evident is we have been able to develop tools that are 
perfectly tailored to our needs and to the way we work, right? So how do we work? We work in front of a PC. We have an email address with which we can log in via single sign-on onto all different applications. For you, probably as for myself and everybody hearing us, having 10 different tabs open, 10 different tools, (laughs) it's absolutely not a problem, right? And if I told you, I, I probably have more like 15 to 20 different tabs open. Oh yeah, it's bad. (laughs) All right, it's bad, but you know, it works. It's like you get one tool here, one tool there, and everything is doing kind of like their own thing. If there's one thing that we've learned over the past 10 years with frontline workers is that complexity is a killer. So everything that is more complex than what it absolutely needs to be is a very big challenge to really getting technology in the hands of the frontline. So that's why, for example, the approach that you and I have of, for example, if you look at your phone, probably you also have the same amount of tabs, if not more, in terms of apps on your phone. Right. One for your calendar, one for your drive, one for the presentations, one for email, and, 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 right? So having 10, 12 different apps It's not a problem when it comes to the front line. I mean, besides that, they don't even have a desktop to have the tabs open. Right. Yeah. You can simply not expect them or you cannot push technology to them and tell them, look, why don't you download these 12 different apps? And in one, you can see your shifts. In the other one, you'll get your payslip. In the third one, you can do your HR processes. In the fourth one, you log your time. Here is your calendar and here is your email, right? That simply doesn't work when it comes to a frontline worker behind a cashier that all they want is to come in, clock in, start working, and go home. Yeah. Period, right? So that is the type of differences that we see. We really call it, it's like playing two different games. One is baseball, one is basketball. They have different sets of rules in the game. There are different expectations and different ways of going about this deployment of technology, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, your point about with frontline workers, they just want to come in and they want something simple. So the way I'm visualizing this in my head is, like, they probably have a mobile phone that they have to carry around with them. And then there's one integrated app that probably does all of these things that they don't have to open up different, like you use in the analogy, like the different tabs that we use, like they can't, they're not going to open up five to 10 apps to do what they need to do. They probably want one that has a multifunctional application. That's exactly the approach. Yes, 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 yes. And and that's also to back to your question of how does a perfect world look like? It's that it's one companion app, one single point of contact for the frontline worker to get everything they need in order to be well-informed, engaged, productive at work, and in line with the rest of the organization, right? And it has to be simple, it has to be quick, and it has to be tailored to their needs. Hey, it's Brandon here with a quick sponsor break. Are you making any of these common HR mistakes? Fragmented company culture, inconsistent communication, do-it-yourself diversity and inclusion initiatives, HR and business operations existing in silos. Do, like, do any of these sound familiar? Well, if so, you're not alone. These are HR challenges we see all the time. And our free ebook at Zenium is here to help you get past these mistakes. Our latest book breaks down seven common HR mistakes and outlines the steps you can take to step up your people strategies. Download it today and see how a strong HR strategy can help your people and your company thrive. Download it now at zeniumhr.com forward slash HR hyphen mistakes. That's zeniumhr.com forward slash HR hyphen mistakes. Now back to the show. 
what do you think the biggest barriers to this type of change would be? Because I would imagine with frontline workers, I mean, they're probably not carrying around smartphones with them and looking at applications while they're doing the work. So I imagine that that's probably the biggest hurdle is just to, to get them comfortable, not only carrying that around and probably distracting them from their, their work, but also just maybe even adapting to the new technology. What, what's your thoughts there? Yes, totally. You're very right in that regard. So there are a few principles that we follow and think when we think about the digitalization of the frontline. The first one is, it's not about what they put into the app, but what they get out of the app. So what's the value for them? That's a big driver, right? And only that way, they're at at all considering to have something on their phone. The second one is, as I already mentioned, it has to be very, very simple and tailored to their needs. We've spent actually years and years starting the frontline workers, their needs, what do they need? And there are six needs that we have identified that need to be addressed by such an application, which is when do I get paid? How much do I earn? When do I have to work? What do I have to do? With whom do I have to do it? And what's kind of like the progress of my work compared to my targets? Roughly any sort of variation, it depends a little bit in which industry you go, If you cover those six needs, you have something that really appeals to a frontline worker. And that is what we have been designing and putting together at Beekeeper. And I would say the the magic behind it is that while that is very appealing and simple for a frontline worker to get access to that type of information from one place, if you think about it, that information typically resides in a number of other systems that you have to go and basically collect it and pull it from and make sure that it's available for the frontline worker, right? And that's where this digitalization of the frontline worker, coming back to your question about the barriers, if you don't think about it holistically, typically what you see is just popping up one or another aspect from it. So for example, during the pandemic, people were in the need of communicating, right? So it was only about communication. So people went out and wanted to find a way to only solve the communication piece. And there are different ways of solving it, but it's just like a one-sided look at the whole problem. So you might think, oh, an intranet is a great idea to actually push it out and have a mobile version of the intranet so that we can push somehow information out to the frontline workers. Yes, you can do that, but then you're basically stuck down the road where you have an application that only solves one of those six needs, right? but doesn't really address the other ones, right? So that's why it's important to look at it holistically, even though, and that's also a recommendation, this is really a journey and it's more of a step-by-step approach. Pretty much none of the customers goes big bang with all of the six needs at once, but it's important to have a view of what's the end status and have some sort of product platform or technology that allows you to really grow and cover all of those without having to go back to your frontline workers every six months with one more application or one more thing to deploy. If we step back and look at the organization and the reason why they would want to digitize their frontline workers. What like what factors play a role in the decision to to move digitally to some sort of solution like you're describing? There are a, a few different aspects to consider. One is when there's, for example, a big external event like the pandemic, that exposes a lot of those non-digital so true. pains. Yeah. <laughs> and so, for example, during for the past 14 months, that has been one of the biggest aha moments to say, well, how do I inform? How do I continue to even operate my business if all my teams are actually 
remote. And we, and even though we work a lot with frontline worker companies where 70% of them are frontline workers, we had, for example, during the pandemic, a customer that had to send complete factories and production sites. It's a food manufacturing company that had to basically send in quarantine their whole workforce for four weeks to six weeks. So imagine having your whole workforce suddenly completely remote for six weeks and you cannot even talk to them. You cannot give them updates other than by maybe sending an email to their private email addresses, but you don't know if they get it or not. (laughs) Phoning calls, setting up WhatsApp groups or text messaging groups. So it really becomes very, very evident very quickly that having such a digital channel to each and every single one of your employees is is important, right? So I would say that's one of the needs of why companies at all come to this, that it's a very recent example, but definitely comes. I would say the next one is when it comes to productivity and streamlining processes, right? That is typically more driven from an operations perspective, from a leader businessship perspective to say, hey, we need to find ways to become more efficient, to become more streamlined when it comes to processes and doing it on paper is just simply not good enough. And we need to move to something digital. That is another big push that we see of organizations that say, hey, now is the moment and why we need to start investing and looking into this type of technologies. What steps go into this digitization process? I imagine the change management on this would be very challenging. So is there a process that you would follow? Uh, I know you talk about this in the book, so maybe share some of those ideas. Yes, for sure. So th- there's a very clear process for for that part that encompasses a number of, of steps. And as you say, a big piece of it is the change management. I think that that's an unavoidable part. The most important thing is to really have clarity on what one wants to achieve with these initiatives and to get really whoever needs to be involved, ideally the whole leadership team, but sometimes it's a local leadership team in a plant in a region that needs to get that pain solved. So that is definitely the the very first step. Then it's about understanding, well, if we want to achieve that, what are our options, our alternatives, which type of technologies do address it better than other ones, and really making an evaluation of what's the best fit for me, what type of vendor solves the problem maybe immediately versus also on a long-term basis. And then, as you also correctly said, the, the change management in terms of communication and setting the expectations right with the frontline worker and the frontline teams is also a crucial part that we have seen is kind of like the, the beginning or the end of, of any of these projects, right? So making sure that one communicates to the frontline workers why this is of value for them and how this is going to impact their day-to-day lives is also a, a big piece in in rolling out this type of projects. Do you think the frontline worker is ready for the, something like this? Yes, yes, absolutely. There are actually some beautiful studies about surveys done with frontline workers, and the big vast majority of frontline workers, they crave for this type of changes. They appreciate it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And it goes as far as it influences their choice of staying with an employer or not. If the company is investing in technology for them and deploys the tools that really make their life easier, that's one of the biggest criteria for staying or choosing an employer. So yes, that, that definitely is. It comes on a very fertile ground when it comes to the acceptance of the frontline workers. That doesn't mean it's kind of like a walk in the park again when you roll it out. But the willingness and the openness for that, it's certainly there. It's interesting because uh, back 
this is many years ago, but I had a, a college job where I was working in a bread a food production environment. And so I'm on the front line. I'm like assembly line. I'm waiting for bread to come down assembly line basically, and, and then distribute it out to certain depots. And I just remember how disconnected I felt like from management and the rest of the organization. You may, you're basically just standing there waiting for product to come down the line. And I mean, communication and just lack of engagement, just all these things. If there was some sort of digitization, like I had a handheld device where I can communicate with other people or I heard things that were going on in the organization, I would feel more connected and engaged overall. I would have been all for something like that. So I can imagine that people are ready for it. I just worry about some of the people who just don't like change in general. Uh, being resistant to something like this. Totally, totally. And and you always find one or the other type of frontline worker or a group of people that are more resistant to change. And that's where a conscious, well-planned change management process can really turn everything around. Can you share some examples of organizations that are already doing this pretty well? Yes, for sure. Very happy to, to do so. So we do have, for example, coming back to food manufacturing companies, um, there are some great examples in the U.S., anything from, from Tyson, even Smithfield that has been also recently in the news. They are doing a, tr- a great job when it comes to communicating with their frontline workers. Um, one of the main challenges that they face is, for example, language diversity and the, the barriers that language in a f- diverse frontline worker type of industry, especially when it comes to time-sensitive and important information that you need to get across. So many of our food production customers were spending a lot of time, for example, in translating a lot of the guidance and the hygiene measures and so on when it comes to bringing them to the front line. So using a communication tool that also has this type of translation already built in, for example, Beekeeper does it for over 100 different languages at at an excellent quality. It just completely diffuses and brings down those language barriers, right? So it makes sure that the frontline worker is better informed, that they have the information in their native language, which makes a huge difference so that they can operate in a much more safe manner. Another example of the great job that they're doing is they're doing a lot of the COVID symptom tests also through this type of application. So before you check in, you have to fill out a certain questionnaire, making sure that you don't have any symptoms, that you haven't been in contact, and, 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 which before they used to actually do on paper and the cues before even clocking in used to be huge just because you had to fill it out. It had to be inspected. And once you know, okay, everything is okay, they were allowed to clock in. So now all of that just runs digitally. Whenever something is spotted in those submissions, you can address it on a one-to-one basis. And with that, the ROI for this type of solutions pay themselves within a couple of weeks, you know? So there are a number of examples. As you said, the piece of communication and engagement is really, really important. The piece of managing the workforce is also a very strong component to drive ROI. And then last but not least, guiding the frontline workers through their day and orchestrating their work in terms of what they need to be doing. That's the other third piece that comes into it and plays a big role when it comes to to these type of applications. 
This is so fascinating. Chris, I thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this insight. I, I you know, I hadn't really done a topic like this. And I, when it came across my desk and I ran across your book, I'm like, I, I imagine a lot of workforces are having this issue right now. I'm like, this is probably the perfect time to, to have Chris on and, and talk about this. So thank you for, for bringing this to, to our attention. The, your book is The Rise of the Frontline Worker, How to Turn the Frontline Workforce into Your Biggest Competitive Advantage. And you're also the CEO and co-founder of B beekeeper what what do you want to leave listeners with and also what's beekeeper and what else do you want to share people as you as we in this conversation yes for sure maybe underlining what you mentioned in terms of we strongly believe that this digital transformation of the frontline worker can genuinely become a competitive advantage and also one of the strongest paths to come stronger out of the pandemic. So investing in frontline worker technology is definitely the moment to be done. We are fully specialized and deep in that topic, so we would be very happy to get any of your requests on our website, www.beekeeper.io. We're more than happy to support throughout this process. So thank you very much for that. Chris Grossman, thank you for coming on the podcast. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Brandon. Likewise. Likewise.